0: Ernest, Ernest works for the FSB. Is, it, is there an Ernest
1: goes to Moscow?
2: <laughs> I don't think so.
0: Dude, we should
1: get really fucking big to watch the Ernest movies.
0: Mm. Let's do it. Have like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 viewing. You know what I mean, Vern?
2: <laughs> know what I'm saying, Vern?
1: <laughs> Why did you just make Ernest a tough guy?
2: <laughs>
1: you know what I'm saying, Vern? Huh? <laughs> I'm saying they're going to shut down travel between the states.
2: Bing. Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika This is Steve along with the other Steve I'm alive And Ryan
1: <laughs> Hey Was that uh, listen.
0: Malta Goya? No listen yeah. So um God I'm disgusted <laughs> with myself So I didn't have time to run to the liquor store, to the gas station, or anything. Um, so you so made some out.
1: bathtub gin.
0: The, um, the bathtub gin would taste better than this. It's Mountain Dew gingerbread snapped in Jameson.
1: All right, and that was the. Hi, right, that was our episode. Uh, we're <laughs> all done. <'cause> <laughs> well, that was that was the, final, the
2: that was the final. That was the final episode of the Trilateral Troika. It's been fun, people.
1: And if and you want to blame anyone, I tell you, listen, it's Ryan.
0: This is the most disgusting thing I have ever had in my Mountain Dew is usually like, nah, this stuff usually isn't terrible, but man, this was a fucking miss. And just to oh. mix it with Irish whiskey is. <laughs> it
2: would it would probably taste better with gin. I found Mountain Dew does well with gin.
0: Mountain Dew does well with uh, Captain Morgan because it tastes like cream soda. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, I've heard that
2: one. One cocktail I heard recently on another podcast was uh, peanut butter whiskey. And uh, cranberry juice, and it tastes apparently like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich.
1: I am totally not for that. My I like peanut butter it. and jelly sandwiches, but I I've like had ve- I've had vegans give me peanut butter and jelly snacks that are not sandwiches, and that got me that got me upset like, like physically ill.
0: <laughs> wait, what's wrong with wait, I, don't like the fla- I don't like the flavor I don't like the flavor
1: I don't like the flavor of peanut butter and jelly when it's not in sandwich form. I don't know uh, why. What if
2: we put a bread-like substance with the drink?
1: Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe if you gave me, like, a like a loaf, and then you gave me the drink, maybe. <laughs> you
2: you dip it, and then you eat it.
1: Nah. Like soup. So this week we're doing Putin 2. <laughs> the old plot in Putin.
2: The, the continuing saga of the Russian apartment bombings, just examining the, the validity of of the conspiracy theory that Putin used this or, or it, I should say the Russian security state used this to install Putin as a popular president um, in, in order to lead Russia um, either for Putin or for the Russian security state or the or, or what you could call the Russian deep state in the, the parlance that's used by uh, right wing people in the United States today. Mm hmm. Um and so first we'll look at sort of the people who are, are proponents of this theory and why they say it's true and then we'll go into the people who who are critical of this.
0: What now what side do we land on?
2: Uh that'll be up for you to decide.
0: Nah, I need <laughs> I need to make sure that we are all have a unified front the, as the trilateral troika like what is our official stance?
2: I think don't to say I think until we're done
1: had, like friends playing a game of risk that Putin's the guy who takes a picture of the board and goes home and hires three people to help him make sure that he wins and maybe sneaks into your house at night and changes some positions of the board. That's fucking So terrifying. I would say that I would side with most conspiracy theories, but I, I'll never side with a conspiracy 100% until it's been proven.
2: I would, I would say, isn't that isn't that what Newman did? Yes. Yeah?
1: I was using the Seinfeld uh, as, a, as a vehicle for my Putin... Discussion. And then,
2: and then when, uh, and then the Ukrainians get involved, and they just throw the yeah. whole board into the Ukraine. Display.
1: Not weak, you not say Ukraine weak. I smash <laughs> your board. <laughs> hmm.
2: So, uh, according to uh, some some journalists and experts, um, David Sater, uh, Yuri uh, Felchinsky, Alexander uh, Litvi- uh, Litvinenko, which will which will somewhat be be important later on. Um, Vladimir uh, Provolovsky and uh, Boris uh, Kagarlitsky—they um, sort of say that these were a successful coup d'état by the Russian security hey, state.
1: How many of these guys does it take to uh, turn on a light bulb? None, none, <laughs> because Vladimir's already lit Vanenko. Oh my God! Jesus Christ! It's pretty good. It's <laughs> a good joke. Um, I'm gonna write that down. It's going in my type five.
2: It <laughs> killed. It killed.
1: Go, Jerry. Go.
2: <laughs> so, they they say that they did this in order to uh, support a, a new war in Chechnya and also to bring in uh, Putin um, with popular public support. Um, they they said this is very similar to sort of like what are called the active measures practiced by the KGB in the past, meaning like uh, certain techniques they would use in order to shift political developments in other countries. Because, um, you know, a lot of people online like to talk about how the CIA was behind everything. But um, before the fall of the Soviet Union, the KGB was also involved in the overthrow of of governments.
0: Mm. Yeah, they're just the Russian version of our CIA.
2: Um, some some even hands-on, for instance, famously um, when there was a, when they were unhappy with the leader of Afghanistan after the, um, the, the communist revolution there, um, the KGB sends a Spetsnaz team literally into the, uh, house of, um, the house of the president of Afghanistan and they assassinate him. God. Uh,
0: so. When was that in?
2: That was in 1981 or 80, I think. So they because inv- it was either there in 79, it's around that time period.
0: I feel like the world was just out of control. In like the like the seventies and eighties,
1: late seventies, early eighties. It was a fucking crazy time to be alive. Like
0: shit was just popping the fuck off. You have like the golden age of terrorism in there. I, God, it, like, cocaine, cocaine was just blowing the fuck up. Like God, shit must have been
1: wild. Cocaine was so good that Eric Clapton, known racist, wrote a <laughs> song about it, and it was popular. Even though he was a known racist.
2: And he dropped his son out of a window. Or I guess that was after. Do you know what the difference is between Eric Clapton's son and a bag of cocaine?
1: What's that?
0: (laughs) Eric Clapton wouldn't let a bag of cocaine fall out a window.
1: Oh, Oh, man, that's good. Um, I'm going to add
2: that to my text file. (laughs) Because <laughs> in terms of the, uh, the the coup d'etat, the reason why they overthrew the, the government of Afghanistan, because they were worried after the Iranian revolution that Afghanistan was going to go um, the same way, that there was going to be an Islamist uprising in Afghanistan. And you would get like a government, say, like the Taliban in power. Um, so they, they chose to install their own uh, communist um, dictator that they liked into power, who, who stayed into power um, until shortly after the fall of the Soviet Union. Um, but um, they weren't beyond using these measures.
0: Okay.
2: Um, since the war in Chechnya gives uh, Putin a boost, um, similar in a way, you know, that the Iraq war gives uh, George W. Bush a boost. Um, and it brings his political party, uh, which is called the Unity Party, um, to, uh, to more power um, in the state Duma. And it allowed uh, Putin to become president within a few months. Okay. Uh, Because remember, as stated, um, because that's pretty um, quick, Uh, because Yeltsin resigned, they had to have elections um, within three months, as opposed to the I believe it was six they they're originally planning. So instead of having them in uh, June, they had to have them in March. So um, Putin, who knows this is coming, is able to drum up more support. And he's also seen as being like an active positive force um, in uh, Russian politics. Okay. Um, David Sater, who testified in front of uh, the U.S. House of Representatives stated, uh, with Yeltsin and his family facing possible criminal prosecution, however, a plan was put into motion to put in place a successor who would guarantee that Yeltsin and his family would be safe from prosecution and the criminal division of property in the country would not be subject to re-examination.
0: So basically we're not going to take your property either?
2: Mainly that it would allow um, a, a leader to come in that would allow both Yeltsin um, to to survive um, sort of his political suicide that he had committed through his uh, bribery scandal right. um, and and also general incompetence but also allow the the sort of um, the criminal world of Russian politics to continue going as it was
0: okay okay
2: um, which they referred to he referred to as operation successor and um, that he, he says that in order for this to succeed it would need a massive um, sort of event um, uh, to, to sort of draw the, uh, the attention of the Russian people away and he says that this would be the apartment building bombings um, in um, Boyanovsk and uh, Volgodonsk
0: okay wow
2: um, so after the, after the aftermath of these attacks they so launched
0: so it's, it's their September 11th pre war in Iraq
2: Yes. Okay. And, and so they use this as a, a means to launch a war in Chechnya. And with Putin being in charge of the war, he achieves overnight popularity because, you know, he's seen as, you know, bringing justice. That
1: pretty right. much nails my opinion about 9-11, too. I don't think that they let it happen. I don't think that they made it happen. I think it happened, and then they used it as justification
2: to do a bunch of shit. Well, I'm pretty
0: sure that they they didn't know exactly, but they knew something was coming, and they were just kind of like, eh, it's probably bullshit.
2: Well, that's, I think the idea that they they used it to their advantage is 100% not conspiratorial, knowing everything we know about them lying about everything. Um, But I think the reason why that they sort of ignored the the sort of talk of the attacks was because at the end of the Clinton administration, getting uh, bin Laden was a big, was a big thing of clinton's which the republicans uh, their big policy when george w bush came in because they didn't really have any policies was do the opposite of whatever clinton did um so because clinton is going after bin laden and, and they also probably interpret it as a way of him drawing attention away um from the uh, the ken starr inquiry
1: oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah i've heard that yeah, yeah you've told me about that before yeah yeah it's kind of interesting too but anyway back to putin on the ritz
2: <laughs> um so remember Putin comes into power he gives Yeltsin um he gives Yeltsin um immunity links. from prosecution <laughs> He gets him um, just a th- sweet
1: pair of cufflinks Yeltsin yeah. that was the guy that had the Canadian accent right He was the guy that looked like Rudolph <laughs>
0: with that red bulbous nose yeah. of
1: his like he, he they when he stepped down he said I'm out and he just left <laughs> and they were like They walked minute. into a wall I thought you were Russian <laughs> He's wall. like, well, I'm not really in a hurry. And then he made, so he made like a Russian joke, you know, and then he left. <laughs> and that was, wasn't that, wasn't that it? It was all over the nightly news. Jesus. All <laughs> oh,
0: of Jay Leno probably is the right time period. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> did you see that, Paul? Did you did you see the the Canadian accent on the Yeltsin? Did you see shaking that? his little shaking his little head back and forth? <laughs> like bobblehead.
2: Yeah, you know he, uh, he he left really quickly. He said, "You know, I'm not Russian." Paul
1: plays like a fucking polka. <laughs> 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 I
2: fucking hate you. Yeah, it's a type five.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> the top. Ten you know the post- that Canada won't take Boris Yeltsin back.
2: <laughs> Number you know, one. Why, uh, he's not Canadian. You know why uh, President Clinton fucked Monica Lewinsky? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God!
1: You like turned, you turned fucking David Letterman into uh, what's his name, James Cagney?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Here's the top ten, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. See. <laughs> Number one, bang. Top of the world, billion cars, ma. <laughs> oh
1: my God! Good Lord.
2: Um. So according to these two uh, Russian uh, uh, journalists and experts. Filshinsky um, and uh, Pribilovsky uh, They say that the the bombings and um, were carried out by a team of uh, twelve uh, GRU officers who were sent to uh, Dagestan and were supervised by the head of the GRU's Fourteenth uh, Directorate under uh, General uh, kotochenko
1: Goddamn! Listen, GRU is like Russian special my God forces. Utility right? rates up so bad. Aren't they J- Russian special forces?
2: Oh, GRU oh, they're 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 Russia's military intelligence.
1: Okay, so Spetsnaz is Russian special forces then.
2: Yeah, they're the special okay, forces. Okay, sorry. Um so sorry,
1: military people. Mm-hmm.
2: And they um and they claim that it was carried out um by the GRU to avoid um an interagency conflict between the FSB and Ministry of Defense. Um so saying that the that the one uh, that one of the bombings was carried out by this group, um, in in order so that they could show them, you know, that they were on the same page. Hmm. Um, they they claim that in Moscow, at, at Volgodonsk and in Ryazan, that the attacks were organized by the FSB, um, and that it was through the chain of command of the director of counterterrorism, um, General uh, German uh, Orgevimov, um an FSB operative, uh, Maxim. Uh, Lazovsky, uh, and Vladimir, uh, Romanovich, uh, Ramazan, uh, Dyshikov, and, and some others. Um, so, the where so, uh,
1: now, I'm, correct okay. me if I'm wrong, but, um, Dyshikov, no, I'm just kidding, I have no idea what I was gonna say. I was just interrupting Ryan. So, <laughs> <laughs> god damn it. Now Uh, I forgot
0: what I was gonna say because I smoked. Originally, what
1: I was gonna say was that Shinsky sounds like a fake name. Like it sounds like something somebody came up with. Like it sounds like a joke. There was this old Polish guy that used to uh, used to babysit us when we were kids, and he would make jokes. uh, Like he'd make Polish jokes, and one of his jokes was that you could convert any word to Polish by adding ski at the end. And so it sounds like something he would say, like if he bumped his leg and he's like, "Oh, I hurt my shinsky, you know. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> That's what I get from that. <laughs> yeah. This is gonna <laughs> be the dad. This is gonna be the dad joke episode right now. It's actually not bad. Um,
2: and and through their reconstruction of events, which also you you have to take these with a grain of salt because like these these cannot be like a hundred percent confirmed. Um, they claim that um, Akamez Ak- Ak- uh, Guchieo. Wait,
1: uh, wait, you mean that they're. Like conspiratorial assumptions can't be a hundred percent confirmed.
2: Yes, okay, that's that's what I'm saying. It's ju- just a reminder as I'm saying this. This is not. This is not. You know, history. like. Yeah. This is not fact. Okay. This is all. This right. is. Okay. Um. So, Akhmed, Guchayev, um, uh, Tatiana uh, Kulieva and Alexander uh, Karmishin—they um, were the ones who had rented the warehouses that had received the shipments. Um, of Hexagon that had been disguised as sugar, but they did not know that they were explosives.
0: Mm. I mean, correct uh, me if I'm wrong, but even sugar could be explosive if it's into that like fine mist, just like powder, kind of?
2: Yeah, but this is more like sacks of sugar. Delicious. It's less, you know, like Homer's pile of sugar that he's guarding.
0: Ah, okay. <laughs> gotcha.
2: Um, and then they also state that the uh, the Chechen, uh, the alleged Chechen separatists, I say alleged because of their assumptions, um, Adam uh, Dukashev uh, um, and Timur uh, Bachaev uh, were actually recruited FSB agents who were um, who were only disguising themselves as Chechen separatists uh, to deliver explosives uh, to Volodonosk in Moscow
0: this sounds like the shittiest 80s movie villains, all these names and guys
1: yeah, it's like from like Spies Like Us yeah yeah
2: so, in terms of uh, the feasibility of these, uh, of these assumptions, uh, the view that they were perpetrated by the Russian State uh, and Security Service um, were originally put forward by an investigative journalist, uh, David Satter, um, and, the, and the historians uh, Yuri uh, Felchinsky and Vladimir uh, um, with with help from Alexander Litvinenko, who I mentioned earlier. Um, And a number of historians would would later come to support them. For instance, um, Amy Knight, who's a historian of the KGB, um, she found that it was abundantly clear that the FSB was responsible for carrying out the attacks um, and that Vladimir Putin's guilt seemed clear. Um, So she says that this is um, that it was inconceivable that the FSB would have done it, uh, done it without the sanction of Putin um, because he was the agency's former director. And by then he had become prime minister. Um, in yes, a book
0: would have had to give his blessing for them
2: to. Do yeah, it wouldn't insane. have Yeah, it wouldn't have happened unless he wanted it to happen. Okay. Um, in, in Putin's, uh, kleptocracy, a book by historian, um, Karen, uh, Deisha, uh, she concluded that, uh, quote unquote, to blow up your own innocent and sleeping people in your capital city is an action almost unthinkable. Um, but she states that yet the evidence that the FSB was at least involved in planting a bomb in Ryazan is incontrovertible.
0: So what evidence do we have for have we not gone over that yet? Uh, it,
2: essentially the stuff we talked about before, how um, the, the one in Ryazan, they claimed it was sugar, when it actually, like, the the sort of the discrepancy of whether it was sugar or it was hexagon. Right. And they, and they were saying that, that, no, that that it was a cover-up that it was actually hexagon, and, like, this is them just trying to cover their tracks. Okay. Mm. Uh, A a story, uh, Timothy Snyder, found that it seemed possible um, that the perpetrators were FSB agents. um, And David Satter considered the bombings to be a political provocation by uh, security services um, in a fashion similar to the burning of the Reichstag. Uh, A journalist, Edward Lucas, uh, concluded in his book, The New Cold War, Putin's Russia and the Threat to the West that quote-unquote the weight of evidence so far supports the grimaced interpretation that the attacks were a ruthlessly planned stunt to create a climate of panic and fear in which putin would quickly become the country's indisputable leader as indeed he did
0: why the, you did why would they throw all their their you know their weight behind putin their rubles. he's like five foot six
2: 140 like dude, come on man he's he's well, he's, he's he, been in power for like 20 years he's like, a like incredible he,
1: political operative
2: yeah, he's, he's also uh, possibly the world's richest man.
0: Possibly. No, yeah, nobody knows. On yeah. paper, we, it, it's not hard, it, it's
2: hard in to In terms say. of assets, yeah. He's, he's like Kaiser Soze when it comes to finances.
1: Kaiser Soze! <laughs> um,
2: in, in September 2009, uh, GQ had an issue where uh, a veteran war correspondent named Scott Anderson uh, wrote about Putin's role in the apartment bombings uh, based on interviews he had with uh, Mikhail uh, um So after having the, the interviews with this Mickey guy who was Posh. who's, invo- it was involved in the events. Um, the uh, Condé Nast that owns GQ, uh, they they would not allow the article to be posted. I the only person um, who
1: thought Condé Nast was like a person, I did too. Yeah, just for a little while there? there. What the I looked- fuck is? <laughs> I looked it up and I was like, yeah, oh, that's not a real person." Hmm. I thought it was like a Rupert Murdoch figure, like Condé Nast, you know.
2: You were just writing, "Who's Condé Nast?" Yeah, on the wall, exactly. like, "Like Who's John Galt?"
1: Yes, I was absolutely. Just, just
2: wanting to go to the fashion, the fashion land.
1: Well, you know, Steve, the Ubermensch, <laughs> <laughs> the,
2: <laughs> the Valley, the Valley of the Chads and the Stacies.
1: Oh man.
2: Um, they they would not allow the article to be published in Russian media. Um, both physically and in uh, translation. Wow. Um, On September ninth, 1999, a former uh, Russian Security State Council uh, Chief, Alexander Lebed, he had an interview uh, with the periodical uh, Le Figaro. He said that he was almost convinced that the government organized the terrorist acts. Um, Andrei uh, Illyrianov... um, A former key economic advisor to uh, uh, the Russian president uh, said that the FSB involvement was, quote unquote, is not a theory. It is a fact. Um, He said there is no other element that could have been organized the bombings except for the FSB. Um, Later that his uh, public relations staff would claim that uh, that he was quoted out of context.
1: I was going to say you can't. You can't just say it's not a theory; it's a fact. I mean, anybody could do that. You need to back that shit up.
0: I, I like the public relations officers being like, "No, he was quoted out of co- no, he was quoted out of context. Uh, <laughs> he said it's not a theory;
1: it's a fact. I don't know how much more. What context, in context. were we missing there, uh, Dimitri? Uh, the that's context
0: what, you were missing was the the, the disposition of whether the theory or it is a fact that we were missing uh, been, uh, the context where you.
2: it's just the like fuck. a big a big musly like big <laughs> muscle head like bald guy in a suit. When he first says you were you, you misunderstood his, his his you were misquo he was misquoted. And They say what does that mean? He just looks at them and then just like smacks their papers out of their hands like. Vince McMahon in that real sports interview.
0: Yeah, Jesus Christ, gr- it's like Bill Clinton. It depends on what your definition of the
1: word is. Get the
0: fuck out of here, bro. Get the fuck.
1: <laughs> that's how you know that you're a powerful person. You're just making bullshit up.
0: No, that's you how you know you're yourself. fucked, is you say stupid shit like that.
1: Yeah, you. but but even if you're fucked,
0: you
2: get away with saying
1: it. stupid shit like that's very dangerous, unless you're very powerful and you know you're going to get away with it. <laughs> he knew he was going to get away with it. That's probably okay. the one thing that is like legit fact-based shit about the Clintons. Period. Like all the other stuff about them killing people and shit like that, it's, it's fucking shit
2: If you want to learn more about that, you can listen to our uh, episode on Whitewater. Yeah, episode and the,
0: forty-six. White. <laughs> I don't even know if it was forty-six. Oh, that's right. We I think it was earlier than that. that. Dude, we're
1: on episode sixty-one. I fucking I'm forgetting old episodes now.
0: Yeah, the only one you, I remember should,
1: yeah. <laughs> is the French and Indian War, and the reason I remember it is because there's a French and Indian War game app, like on iOS, and I always, I'm always, yeah. always like, I should buy that and see how it holds up against the podcast. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
2: Uh-oh. <laughs> a, a Russian military analyst, uh, Pavel uh, Felgenhauer, uh, he noted, quote-unquote, the FSB accused uh, Katab and uh, Kojayev but oddly, they did not point the finger at Chechen President Aslan uh, Maskadov's uh, regime, which, uh, which is what the war was launched against.
0: And then Kitab and what was the other guy's name? Gochoya uh, Gochujang uh, yeah. sauce?
2: Gochiyaya. Yeah, Gochujang. Kebab
0: and, Spicy Kebab gochujang. and gochujang, right? Spicy um,
1: Gochujang is his name. That's his, uh, that's his Tinder date name. Like, <laughs> Ron <in> Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> who, who were they again?
2: they were they were the leaders of the uh the the people who are invading the Islamists that were invading Dagestan from chechnya
0: okay. okay so then why didn't Putin launch a war against like that group of people instead of the
2: country well essentially he launched the war against Chechnya because Chechnya had become sort of this um this sort of breeding ground for terrorism and Islamists because it had been sort of like anarchy had taken hold in the in the the Republic, mm, right. which was a part of russia. Right. and the the Islamists who had gone into Dagestan had been like pretty unsuccessful and had pretty much retreated back into Chechnya um soon after, because remember when they invaded, the locals were not really having what they were wanting to do.
0: was Chechnya harboring them?
2: Yeah, because it was sort of like Afghanistan. It was a blind spot where these different like um, Russian uh, Muslims would go and, and they would try to build this sort of like Caucasian uh, Muslim state.
0: Right. I just I, I, I kind of take umbrance with the fact that they attacked the entire country as opposed to uh, uh, singling out what exactly they were fighting against, because that is exactly how you breed uh, extremism. Um Ask me how well, I know I've lived in a country that has bred extremism for the last twenty years in Afghanistan. Like when you when it, you make your war like the war on Afghanistan, war in Afghanistan. Like you, you, there's people there, you know.
2: Well, the the thing though is that Russia is successful where the U.S. wasn't because they find uh, an effective strongman to come into power um, because they don't have the qualms about um, about sort of employing a, an absolute uh, almost totalitarian dictator who comes into power creates a police state you know, with military checkpoints everywhere and, like, effective leadership that, that takes control, you know. The United States didn't have, like, a supervillain guy to put in charge of Afghanistan. Um, and it also helps, too, that Chechnya, to my knowledge, is predominantly uh Chechen. It's not like Afghanistan, which is, you know, <laughs> the classic case of an empire that's held together of, like, multiple ethnic groups that shouldn't really be under a single government, but, like, if but like Ethiopia and other states, um, Where it, just it's it works. Afghanistan's it, well, a lot like well, Italy used to be. It's well, just a bunch well, of
1: disparate, like little fiefdoms, right?
2: But, but more disparate, like, really? like ethnically, like, like physically different in some cases, linguistically very different. Um, so it, it's sort of like that in that an empire used to control it. And then once the empire was over, um, other than sort of like by the sword or the bayonet, Um, there wasn't really anything, you know, to keep them together other than a vague idea that there was, you know, an Afghanistan, sort of like Yugoslavia. Mm. Okay. Um, so Chechnya is just a much smaller state. It's much easier for Russia, um, to put its sort of like full weight on it. Um, it's literally a part of Russia. They don't have to go to the other side of the world, you know, to fight an insurgency there. Um. The locals also have a loyalty to the Russian government and bringing stability. Um, a lot of them speak Russian too, um, so communicating with the people is on issue, which it is. Say in cases of like Afghanistan. What is the uh, uh,
1: native language in Chechnya, though? Chechen.
2: I believe so. Yeah, it
1: just seems odd to me. It's not like it's one of those languages you just don't hear of. So I just wouldn't, wouldn't think it would be that. It's
2: probably a, a Turkic language.
1: Yeah, that sounds more like it.
2: <laughs> the official languages are Russian and Chechen. Okay,
1: okay. And
2: Chechen is a is a Caucasian uh, language.
1: Oh
0: you don't say. And
1: it's No, but this is <laughs> <and> like <it's, laughs> this is literally the Caucasus. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. and it's it's you like but, but, it's, <laughs> yeah. but it's
2: it's mainly spoken in uh like in like that language school like, is late, in Chechnya, uh, Dagestan, um and uh Augusta, which is to the west of yeah, Chechnya. I've been
1: there, I've been there. <clears throat> it's near Yonkers, right?
2: Yeah, <laughs> where Eddie <laughs> Kingston's from. Uh... Um, and a number of U.S. politicians have commented on how um, that they believed Russian state security services were involved in it. But it's also a lot of the usual suspects who who are against, you know, like Russia and and China, for instance. In two thousand three. Uh, John McCain said quote unquote it was during Mr. Putin's tenure as prime minister in 1999 that he launched the second Chechen war following the Moscow apartment bombings. There remain credible allegations that Russia's FSB had a hand in carrying out the atta- uh, these attacks. Mr. Putin ascended to the presidency by 2000 by pointing a finger at the Chechens for committing these crimes, launching you a new military campaign in Chechnya and riding a frenzy of public anger into office. God, it sounds so fucking stupid.
0: You did it. It just sounds so crazy. You know what, Ryan? And if I wanted your opinion, I know you tell it to me. I
2: know. <laughs> I don't know. You got to You got to respect. You got to respect a man who uh, who called his wife a uh, a hard C on the the stage of.
1: Uh, I never did that.
2: Of his rally. Oh, Steve. We know. I have the tapes.
1: <laughs> hey, Ryan. You never answered my joke from the other day. By the way, I asked you if you if you heard the one about gaslighting. No. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <I love you. laughs>
2: it's, it's so Steve's good. Steve's been shopping that one around. I tried it's, it last definitely... night, but one of
1: my friends, our friend Gerald, he just will not bite on any joke. He was the worst person in the room for me to ask the joke. He's not gonna bite. I say knock knock, and he like throws knives at me. You he know? just
0: like, he just like looks at you like shut the fuck up. Yep,
1: absolutely. Every time,
2: just puts a gun on the table. I
1: love the guy. Yeah, just puts a big ass gun. <laughs>
0: Go ahead, knock again. Knock again. Let knock me hear your knock-knock jokes, Steve. <laughs> huh? I don't know how he turned into an angry Italian gangster. Yeah, knock again. Hey, you Ryan. Knock, knock. Hey, Ryan, knock, knock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to knock you in the fucking chin. <laughs>
2: uh.
1: Anyway, um, that was us cosplaying the Chechens. <laughs> <laughs> we should just say the Chechens after that. No,
0: wait, wait. wait! I hear Putin coming. Hey, Shh!
1: Oh, I hear, shush, hey, Putin's coming.
0: Putin's coming. Shush.
1: You know, the whole time Steve's been talking about Putin, at least 50 <laughs> sheriff's officers just went down the road outside my house. They heard him. Yep. Co-opted. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the deep state. <laughs> the globalists. Uh, so, Let me tell you something, brothers. why I live in America. Because I got freedom.
1: So I don't got to worry about hey, these Hey, Ryan, dictators. you heard What's that... Uh, you heard that uh, Alex Jones is a communist now, right? Wait, what?
2: <laughs> oh, because he was—he was the—the was, the coffee he's selling is from Chiapas, and he was like defending buying from them, and he's like, you know, they say that they're—they're uh, they're communists, but actually, they—they they live in a commune, and it's the—it's the best, cheapest coffee you'll get. You know, coffee you buy at Whole Foods. You know, it's the same thing. They just mark it up fifty percent.
0: Fucking
1: Christ, dude! We've so gone full good. circle. We've gone full circle. Yeah, <laughs> We've absolutely. Gone full circle. Well,
2: Well, he flip-flops, too, because back when uh, Putin came to power, like, around 2003, because the one podcast I listen to that listens to, like, Alex Jones and, like, breaks down a lot of the things he talks about, they, uh, he's first anti-Putin. Like, he says that Putin's, like, part of, like, the the globalist plan. But, like, today, like, he thinks, like, Vladimir Putin is great because, like, they're they're anti-vaccines everywhere else except Russia and, like, all, all the other stuff he does.
0: Wait, wait, so is, okay... Alex Jones currently likes Putin because they're anti-vaccine everywhere but Russia, which would yeah. insinuate that he likes Putin's strongman's tactic to get everybody vaccinated. I thought Alex Jones was, like, hardcore anti-vax.
2: Well, he he is, but he, like, ignores a lot of the facts like that, and he mostly just goes with, you know, that it's a, it's a quote-unquote Christian nation because, like, um alex jones is pretty much a christian dominionist he makes my fucking
0: head hurt jesus christ and and
2: because of like all the anti and the anti like gay laws because putin's also or because um jones is big on that whole like um that gay people are trying to like indoctrinate and like molest your children i'm gonna
0: say something right now folks i don't like the gays they're they're sweet juicy plump Behinds, they make you that make you look <laughs> at them and, while they want quiver and jiggle while they walk. I don't makes me. Makes I don't me want anything to, to a it, shaking the jiggle <laughs> I
2: don't want anything to do with these these hot twinks, these these muscle hunks, these these bears. You when know, these men shave, their, arms me as, and shave of, their legs, uh,
1: uh, ask him who young Leak be, Jacob and <laughs> That's a wire. That's a wire reference. That's a deep wire reference. <laughs> that, look, that's like season four, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. Deep one you ever let um, you ever go and listen to that song? By the way, woof, that's bad. Oh, no,
0: jeez, no, not often. I mean, I wouldn't tell now.
1: Chris Partlow that it's bad, but it's bad.
2: Like, like old boozy bad.
1: Ooh, it's bad, dude. Go listen to it. You listen to the hook. It's. I mean, I can see it being played in a club, but oof.
2: I, I think I, I may have misheard the story, but apparently because Mike Tyson's daughter is a lesbian mm-hmm. and like Lil Boozy met Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson like asked him if like he had a problem with his daughter and apparently Lil Lil Boozy said like he's like I don't I don't fuck with gay people or something like that Yeah, he's he, he or, said
1: that on Vlad TV I think too. He also yeah, said that on stage
2: but, but yeah, he said that on stage and stuff, but he, like, doubled down. And they're like, well, I think he's an idiot, and I don't believe anything he says, but I kind of have to respect a person who, like, doubles down in front of Mike Tyson. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's that's pretty yeah. ballsy, I gotta be honest. I, yeah. I don't yeah. respect yeah. him, but...
2: It's more ballsy. more stupid, I think, than ballsy, but yeah. I'll
1: respect that, because,
0: listen, I respect the fact that you're just gonna be that fucking much of just a ballsy piece of shit in front I, of Mike Tyson.
1: I follow Mike Tyson, I just watched a training session that he did. Uh, this morning, and at his age, to be able to move with that much explosion is just—he's a monster. He's
0: dude a... is a dude is a, He's a just rule grew, a... breaking biological like, just monster. Yeah, as
2: long as his back's not broken. Yeah,
1: I broke my back. <laughs>
2: um, on on January 11, twenty seventeen, local local favorite Senator Little Marco Rubio raised the issue uh. of the bombings. Uh, during the confirmation hearings for Rex Tillerson. What did um, that
0: have to do with anything?
2: Uh, Rubio said during that, uh, quote-unquote, there's a credible body of reporting, open source and other, that this was all, all those bombings were part of a Black Flag operation on the part of the FSB. Yeah,
1: what does that have to do with Black that Black Flag, they had Henry Rollins there, it was...
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first album was good, but the ones after that weren't as good.
1: I need some bombs.
0: <laughs> what?
2: but, but, but
0: what does that have to do with anything over here?
2: Well, because because Rex Dorsen's the he was the uh, the Secretary of State. It's I just
1: it, it's just self serving shit. It's self serving it's shit. Russian problem. Right? You should just hear... yeah. But it's it's part you, of anytime little it's Marco's talking. All you should hear is that like vocal fry, like voice that people do on TikTok where they're pretending to be like a like a teenage like girl, and it's just like for me. For me? That's, that's you
0: no know, when Marco, I hear Marco yeah. Rubio talk, it's just wah,
2: wah 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 Well it's 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 all part of this like conservative thing of like we have to hold like Russia to the to the fire, you know. And like Rubio too, who's obsessed with like regime change. Like he wants to overthrow every government uh that, that even looks at the United States uh crossly. Like he's gonna say like, you know, they're they're so very their democracy, you know, that that sounds like that's a bombing to me.
0: Fuck off, Marco. <laughs> that's a bombing. Um, nah, it's a bombing.
2: On on January tenth, uh, twenty eighteen, Senator Ben uh, Cardin um, of the the U.S. Senate Foreign Relations Committee, uh, he released a report entitled "Putin's Asymmetric Assault on Democracy in Russia and Europe: Implications for U.S. National Security." Um, and according to this report, uh, quote unquote, no credible evidence has been presented by the Russian authorities linking Chechen terrorists or anyone else to the Moscow bombings. Hmm. Because remember remember too And today like Russia is Actively like subverting elections In Eastern Europe and elsewhere Right Um, So that's that's mostly what that Reports in relation to and sort of like Drawing on the history of the current Russian administration with Sort of you know subverting elections And regime change
0: I like how this was all 20 years ago that this all Or no I'm sorry the bombings were 20 years ago, but like it was only like right before Trump got elected, right? Because they didn't really fire on all cylinders against Putin and Russia once Trump was in office, did they?
2: He he flipped and flopped because remember, like Trump would be like he'd be really hot on like because his aides would tell him like you need to go after that guy and he'd go after him, but then the person would t- like tell Trump like how big and strong he was or whatever like yeah, it's like. Ego be like, yes, you look like a man who has a big dick, Mr. President. And he's like, I do. Yeah, you I do. I
1: definitely you got one.
2: <laughs> Putin's just like, you have more hair than me. That makes you more of a man than me. Trump's just like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Um... <laughs> what
0: the fuck was that?
2: <laughs> and... <laughs> And uh, uh, Satter uh, also say that the bombings had a similar signature, um, which was uh, sort of showed that they had been carefully prepared um, and was done by skilled specialists. The bombs? Uh,
1: I mean, I think that yeah. going off in a specific location shows that they were carefully prepared, right?
2: Yeah. But, like... He's he's saying that like the way the explosives were done, it wasn't like a ramshackle, like someone just made like a pipe bomb type situation.
0: No, those are pretty big bombs. I would I would assume with something like that, it falls under the same kind of uh, umbrella, if you will. Because this is this is also taking.
2: Good. Well, this is also taking down like twenty story like apartment blocks.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, it took like umbrellas like Oklahoma well,
2: City. O- like Oklahoma City might have possibly had, you know, German uh special forces um intelligence help oh, and, But and, you see
0: what I'm saying? Like there's specialized guys there doing
2: it. Yeah, like, but that, that's, that's wait, wait, renting wait, a fucking wait, wider wait, truck wait, wait, wait.
0: and <laughs> taking
1: out an entire building. What? Did Oklahoma City had special forces help? <laughs>
2: there there is there is a theory that there was this this German guy who was big into, like, the, like, sort of, like, the the neo-Nazi movement and was in the same circles as McVeigh. And soon after the Oklahoma City bombings happened, he was, like, quickly and quietly extradited to Germany by, like, the German, uh, by the German intelligence forces. And that, like, he's been untouchable since then. And there seems, like, a firm link that he might have had some involvement. Done.
0: Done. Duh!
2: But but not in the sense that like the Germans like like actively like wanted Oklahoma City to happen, and more that they had a guy that they were keeping around to use, um, and that that guy um, was involved in some big shit. So they had to get him out of there before it came back to like hurt them.
0: Right. Uh, Just because even having him around, had were he to be found out that he was in contact with this Yalkada and all of a sudden, he's German. It's And this Yalkeda is responsible for taking out the Murr building. Like, it's just, even if, even, even if Claude von Dipshit didn't have anything to do with it, Cause, it just doesn't look good, you know?
2: Because this, this guy was, like, a, um, he was, like, one of those, like, gladio types. Like, this is, like, a fervent, like, anti-communist guy that we're going to keep around because if the Soviets invade Western Germany, like, we're going to need, like, resistance people. Right, and, like, right. this is going to be one of the guys but the problem was that like he he went elsewhere and he took his shit elsewhere and that shit possibly, you know, helped make something much worse than it was.
0: Right. Huh. Anyway, the point that I was trying to make is that, you know, when you take out an entire apartment, you're you're going to have somebody that has some know-how behind it, not just some dipshit making it making bombs in his bathtub. Yeah. Cuz that guy's going to end up killing himself. He's not going to take out the apartment
1: potentially. Yeah.
2: Um so it one thing too you have to remember is that this is after the fall of the Soviet Union, so it's possible that a lot of these uh, Chechen separatists were former FSB, former Red Army people, because you know after it all went to shit, like these these people aren't just going to you know keep reporting to their jobs, you know that they're not getting paid to do. Yeah, right. And they they all have skill sets that they're going to take elsewhere.
0: They're going to contract. They're going to. Ta- <laughs> I'm here to say I'm taking my skills to Miami. No, they are going to contract out. You know their their skills, what they what they're good at.
2: You know, ever since they entered into free agency, you know, (laughs) you know, you know, you know, my grandpa always used to say, you know, when they introduced free agency to, you know, terrorism, that was like the worst thing that ever happened, you know, because it just ruined the game. You know, there's no loyalty to your team anymore. You know, you could just go anywhere after you you did so many years there, you know, it's just.
0: And with the first pick of the first round of the terrorism draft Azerbaijan takes. (laughs) <laughs> Plane hijackers. Okay, okay. They're trying to bring in a new age of terrorism. Jesus.
2: Um. So, the, There's, I'm there's kind of no ex- the
0: racial draft for 2021. It's the, it's the terrorism draft. No.
2: <laughs> so, so Satter. Uh, he he also claims there's no explanation for how the terrorists would have been able to attain the the amounts of uh, hexagon that they got and to transport it into those locations in Russia. Um, he also says that they um, that they would also need to organize nine explosions, um, the four that occurred and the five attempted that were reported to authorities in different cities in a two-week period. Um, Sutter's estimate for the time required to plan this development, the visits, everything, uh, would have taken uh, four and a half months.
0: So you gotta have money, and it's clear that it's more than just a couple people. Like, yeah. This is um, this is not this is not just some separatists.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that seems so, possible. This has to be well, some. Sh- this has to be some at some level a squeaky chair like I have. You know.
0: I think that this could potentially be just a terrorist action. Okay, looking at you, Northern Ireland. The difference is, these the the people that are doing this are doing it big time. Like, it's, it's big. And if if the government legitimately had nothing to do with it, I feel like they would be 150% more, like, on the ball of, uh, find out who the fuck is doing this now, yesterday, please. Sure. Instead of kind of, oh, yes, you know, we'll put some committees together and we'll find some people and, yeah, we'll do it. Oh, it's Chechnya, yeah, let's go get this Chechnya, yeah, it's them. I feel like it would be a little bit bigger if they didn't have anything to do with it.
2: In 2002, a book was released by a former FSB officer, Alexander Litvinenko, and, and historian Yuri felshenitsky titled, uh, Blowing Up Russia, Terror From Within, which also supports the claim that they, were taken, uh, that they were carried out by Russian security services to justify the Second Chechen War and to bring Putin into power. In another See, what's your
1: book...
2: Take on this. Well, we'll... We'll we'll talk about that once we get to the criticisms and stuff.
1: I'm not done here. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, uh, according to the according to the book uh, Lybionka Criminal Group, which is by uh, uh, Litvinenko and Alexander Goldfarb, um, he, they described that the FSB had become sort of a criminal and terrorist organization, uh, which sort of led them to do the bombings. Um, so. A former GRU analyst and historian uh, Victor uh, Suvorov described the book as stating a a leading criminal group that provides uh, "quote unquote" protection for all other organized crime in the country, in which continues the criminal war against their own people um, in a way similar to the NKVD and KGB is what it had become. Right. All right. He added, "Quote unquote, the book proves uh, that that in uh, Lubyanka, which is the KGB headquarters." Uh, was taken over by enemies of the people. Um, if if Putin's team cannot disprove the facts provided by uh, Litvinenko, Putin must shoot himself.
0: I'm sorry. What? <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> uh, say say but, that again. Um, that that he that that he should shoot himself if he can't prove that uh, that these uh, accusations against him are false. Meaning, because you know he's committed these heinous crimes.
0: Yo, these guys were like terminally online, even back then. Hey, poo- um, fucking kill yourself! Like, <laughs>
2: um, and he says, uh, "Patrushev and all the other leadership of uh, of the uh, Lupyanka criminal group, as he calls it, must follow his example."
0: Good um, God! Okay.
2: Uh, Goldfarb and, uh, and and Marina uh, uh the the wife of. Um, of Alexander Litvinenko, Um she um they 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 make a book called Death of a Dissident. Um, cuz what happens to Litvinenko is is that he is uh he's one of the people that's poisoned with uh, polonium tea. Okay. Um, Isn't that like
0: the KGB's like kind of poison of choice is,
2: the, is Yeah, so it was he was definitely killed by the FSB in London. Okay. Uh, they asserted that um that his murder was the, the, the most compelling uh, proof that his theory of the FSB being involved was correct. Um, and then, uh, according to the book, um, that his murder, quote-unquote, gave, uh, gave credence to all his previous theories delivering justice for the tenants of the bomb department blocks, the Moscow theatergoers, uh, Sergei uh, Yushinkov, uh, Yuri Shachekin, uh, and Anna uh, Politkovskaya, um, and the half exterminated nation of chechnya exposing their killers for the whole world to see Jesus. um uh a PB- well one of the reasons too um that he was killed which was in november first two thousand six um it was um was because he was a um he had defected to great britain um and he had been working for m i six while he was in russia
0: yeah i remember so that. he was yeah. So
2: he was actively working as like a foreign intelligence agent in Russia um before he escaped to um the UK with MI6's help and then was assassinated in the UK. Mostly by being uncareful.
0: Yeah. You're
2: saying, you're um,
0: saying he got
2: lazy. Yeah. Uh what what essentially happened was that he was uh he was meeting with um with like other Russians he, he wasn't really being careful with, like, what was offered to him and stuff like that. Like, he had gotten complacent, and they were able to put the polonium in his tea.
0: Now, was it, like, for sure that they know that, like, I know that they know that it was the um, polonium that killed him, but they know for sure that it was, like, tea?
2: It was it was most likely delivered to him by the tea that he had. Okay. I believe they, they sort of put it down because I, I believe at the place where he drank the tea as well, it had had a radioactive contamination because it's not like, because cause obviously it's radiation, it doesn't just stay in the teacup. Right, of course. Cool. So, like, so like it irradiated the whole the whole cafe or whatever where they had the Wait, tea. Wait,
1: you mean if I put, oh shit, I gotta get out of my house. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, just hear,
2: just hear Steve buckling on a bunch of things. Like, don't worry, guys. Just, just put on a wetsuit so we can finish this. Everything
1: on, yeah.
2: I got this. I got this. Tony Stark, OG Iron Man suit. We'll be out of here it's at a heartbeat. An owl.
1: Uh, I'm gonna hop on my one board or one wheel and get the fuck out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and and even a a PBS Frontline documentary on Putin uh, mentioned. Um, this, this sort of theory of, of involvement and noted that um, before any investigation could take place, um, that, um, that bodies had been cleaned up and rubble had been cleaned up from the, the bomb sites, um, that they, they mentioned, you know, the discovery of the Ryazan bomb and all the circumstances around that, um, the deaths of several people had attempted to investigate the bombings, um, as well as the, uh, the defusal of the Ryazan bomb made it all very suspect so what are the uh some of the main criticism of these theories uh one one big one comes in 2000 from putin himself where he dismissed the allegations as uh delirious nonsense um he said there is no people in the russian secret services who'd be capable of such a crime against their own people the very allegation is immoral he said Jeez. um a spokesman for the fsb said uh Litvinenko's evidence cannot be taken seriously by those who are investigating the bombings. Why can't they be? Why Uh, can't the evidence
0: be taken seriously?
2: Because he's saying it's not really evidence.
0: Okay, but why can't it be taken seriously just because
1: Putin says it's not really evidence? That's how he's threatening you.
2: Pretty much, yeah.
0: Jesus Christ.
2: Um, uh, Strobe Talbot, who was the uh, U.S. uh, Deputy uh, Secretary of State during the events, stated... Uh, Quote, unquote, there was no evidence uh, to support uh, the conspiracy theory, although uh, Russian public opinion did indeed solidify behind Putin and his determination to carry out a swift and decisive counteroffensive.
0: Isn't he still to this day like pretty popular there?
2: Uh, His popularity is, is going down. Um, he, he's winning by less and less, but it doesn't really matter because he just discredits and gets rid of, um, most of his, uh, political opponents. Yeah, and he rigs them vote um,
0: anyway, but I, doesn't he actually have, like, a decent size base?
2: Uh, I can't really say for sure how much he has, but I believe the estimates are that he probably has around, like, 40% of the country okay. that, like, that, like, actively, like, supports him. Gotcha, okay. Um, so according to a Russian investigative journalist, um, Andrei, uh, Solotov, uh, from the start, it seemed that the Kremlin was determined to suppress all discussion, uh, when Alexander, uh, Projibinek, a Russian human rights activist, tried to import copies of Litvinenko and Filsh- uh, Filshinsky's, uh, Blowing Up Russia in 2003, they were confiscated by the FSB.
1: Mother fuckers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh... Uh, Traposhkin, who had acted as a lawyer for two relatives of the victims of the blast, uh, was unable to obtain information requested, um, and was entitled to see by the law involving these things too. Um, according to, uh, Solotov, uh, he believed that the, obstru- uh, the obstruction might reflect a, uh, a paranoia rather than a guilt on the part of the authorities. No!
0: No! Um, Nah, I'm not so, with that shit. So
2: consequently, uh, Solotov argued that the paranoia was produced, uh, has produced the very conspiracy theories that the Russian government intended to eradicate. Meaning that because they didn't want conspiracy theories to go round, they, they tried to stop them from forming, and in doing so, they just made them stronger.
0: Nah, nah, nah. Fuck out of here. No, denied. That's not fine, No.
2: Um. So, in, in a book titled New Nobility by uh, Andre uh, Solotov and Irina uh, Borogon, they believe that the Ryzen incident had actually been a training exercise. Um, they, they stated that such exercises were typical of the uh, uh, Vimpel, uh, a unit of the FSB whose mission was uh, to verify the efficacy of, of counterterrorism measures at sites such as nuclear plants.
0: When they say the Ryzen incident, are they talking about the disarming of the bomb?
2: Yeah, that the the ability of counter-terrorist groups to, like, respond.
0: So they think that the one that was disarmed wasn't an actual bomb in the first place.
2: Yeah, that it was a training one.
0: Bro, come... Alright, okay.
2: Because remember it was stated that the, the Ryazin bomb was not actually, like, made in a way that it would have been successful.
0: So if that were the case, then why would they plant it in a place where there's people? If they were just training
2: Well it's I guess it's like the same way You know that that police like train in schools And stuff like that Yeah but there's
0: no kids in the schools When they train in the schools
2: Well I guess they were they were setting it up in the basement And then they would later you know have them Like have a team go in and defuse it or whatever To create like a realistic scenario That's
0: sounding a lot like it's, a Putin it... apologism There Steve
2: <laughs> He's already got the to you <laughs> In um, and, and their opinion, the book Blowing Up Russia, um, that they said it contained no new, new evidence against the FSB, um, it, and it also claims that the claims made by uh, Troposhkin were, were highly dubious. Um, they noted that the main point of allegations against the FSB was that um, Akhimez uh, Gochiaev uh, was an inno- innocent businessman. Who was made a scapegoat by the FSB and falsely accused of perpetrating the bombings? But, th- however, uh, I mean, according to uh, Soldatov and, and Borogon, uh, Gochiyev was a leader of a local Islamist group called, um, and that he had, that had been around since the mid '90s, um, and that uh, Dokoshiev and uh, Krimshelikov were members of the same group called uh, the Muslim Society Number no. Three.
0: Okay. And this is where you lose me. You're gonna tell me that Islamist militants were part of a group called Muslim Society Number Three? It sounds like a well, cologne. <laughs>
2: well, it sounds it sounds better in probably the original language because you know, like, because you know, because you know what Al Qaeda translates to, right?
0: Yeah, it's like the base or something like that. Yeah,
2: because that's that's why the one white supremacist group calls themselves the base. Yeah. Um. So so they all have like these sort of like generic and like names. Um, and according to Russian state security, uh, the group was founded in 1995 um, and had counted more than 500 members by 2001, and they were also responsible for a number of terrorist attacks in the 2000s. Um, and they also, uh, they also noted that there was a partial admission of guilt by uh, Dukashev and uh, Krim Shemkov, uh during a trial in 2003.
0: Admission of guilt of what?
2: that That they had been involved in other terrorist attacks, possibly those. because remember these are these are the people that they're claiming were like innocent businessmen who had been like right. scapegoated right. Right. Um, So, according to uh, an expert robert uh, Robert Bruce Ware, the simplest explanation was that they were perpetrated by islamic uh, Islamist extremists from the North Caucus who sought retribution for the attacks um, that federal forces had made against the Islamist enclave in in central uh, Dagestan. Uh, known as the uh, Islamic uh, Jamaat. because remember they had they had retaliated against the invasion of Dagestan, um, so he believes that it's most likely that that was in um, sort of retribution for that because they couldn't exactly fight the Russian forces toe to toe.
0: I don't know if that's the easiest explanation, and as, as much as it is the most convenient for uh, one Vladimir,
2: because because uh, Ware points out that it. Because Ware says that it would explain the timing of the attacks, which happened soon afterwards, and that there were no attacks after, that, after the date on which the insurgents were driven from Dagestan back into Chechnya.
1: Really?
0: Also, was it, probably like, ah, fuck, they're to us, don't do it again, they're onto it, us.
2: And he, he also said it would, it would also explain why no Chechens had claimed responsibility for the attack. Because it was these, it was these guys that got into Dagestan, these, these, like, Islamic terrorist guys who weren't involved with the Chechen government.
0: That's the other thing, if you're a terrorist, and you do something big time, right, you, you, you own that shit.
1: Yeah, I I feel like most times terrorists are like, yep, that was us. Like, Bin Laden was like,
0: fuck yeah, that was me, bro, what are you gonna do about it, like, I feel like if you're responsible for stuff like this, you're going to have a group who's going to stand up and be like, yeah, it was us. What the fuck are you going to do about it? We'll do it again. Yeah, we'll do it again, bro. That's kind of... It's completely anecdotal, but that kind of really confirms with me that, like, the government can't stand up and be like, oh, yeah, we did this, like, you know,
2: guys. But um, it would explain uh, a reference made by uh, Basayev to responsibility of Dagestanis in the attacks, uh, and it would also be consistent with the vow... Uh, that was made initially by Katov, one of the leaders of the of this like Dagestani insurgency in the in the Jamaat um, to set off bombs in Russian cities. Uh, Ware also uh, criticizes um Sadr and a Rajan uh, menon uh, Rajan that they Fonda. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that the argument that they used to support the view that Russian security forces responsible for uh, for the bombings that the apartment bomb's explosions involved hexagon, which is a highly controlled substance in Russia and is um, is extraordinarily difficult to obtain, because according to Ware, um, that's not the case, that, you can, that there are sizable amounts of hexagon, as well as other weaponry, that are readily available in Dagestan. Because remember, this is the 90s after the fall of the Soviet Union, like, no one's watching all these like weapons that the Red Army had at the border.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's like that, uh, that movie War Dogs, where you yeah, and, surplus military in Eastern Europe.
2: Yeah, like, like a drug cartel literally bought a submarine off the Red Navy. Like, <laughs> uh, like it, it's it was to the point where like that, these guys aren't getting uh, paid.
1: That Taz, the guy, the Russian mob guy that was in Florida,
2: I uh, possibly they
1: sold the the submarine to the uh, cartel. Yeah.
2: Also, yeah. but here's
0: the other thing, though, right? You're talking about, oh, no, it, it couldn't have been, you know, these guys because they didn't have access um, to the hexogen, you know, the stuff that's the, the explosive. Yeah. Bro, we are splitting fucking hairs on dumb shit. We all know, the three of us know, that with enough money, anything is possible. You get whatever the fuck
2: you want with enough money. But these these guys aren't loaded, though.
0: Okay, but still, with, with money, you can still get whatever you want, though. If yeah, but if that's you're, if you're pointing to the explosive itself as to evidence that the government didn't do well, this, it could've been somebody else. You'd rather be coming with something like, "Oh, it was fucking fertilizer." It could literally be anybody.
2: Yeah, but that's that's the thing of of what the the point is is that it's a very specific thing to use, like you could use a cheaper substitute.
0: Or would you get the same effect?
2: you would, you could possibly get the same effect you might have to need a different amount but just the idea that they use the substance and the, the whole point that like well you can't get this in Russia but they're saying like no you actually can get this in other areas of Russia that's just lying around
0: yeah
2: because this is because like because, like, even, like, everything except, like, the nuclear weapons were just left lying around because, like, foreign countries, like the U.S. And, and other European powers came in and made sure that, like, all the nuclear weapons and biological weapons were accounted for. But they're, they're not looking for where, like, the explosive depots and stuff are are, are are at.
0: Right. And again, like you said, they're concerned with chemical and biological weapons. They're not concerned with small arms and things like that.
2: Yeah. So what... So, what Ware also cites of police reports of a program in in Dagestan where people would voluntarily uh, surrender arms, um, that ran for a couple months in two thousand three, um, and that he said that a large like a large quantities of, of hexagon um, and emmonite were uh, were sort of like given in during this amnesty period. Wow,
0: they had a gun
1: buyback, huh? Well, that yeah, kind of sounds, <laughs> sounds.
2: guns guns for toys. Yeah. <laughs> Guns for blue
1: jeans. <laughs> Guns for Yankee blue jeans.
2: Yeah. Uh, Matt Abram, um, who is a, a researcher who is um, who's very critical of the efficacy of uh, terrorism, um, he argued that the bombings were actually... Good def-
1: for him. <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs>
2: what Well, he means, because you know when he says the efficacy of terrorism, he means the ability of it to actually achieve its ends.
1: Yeah, it almost never does. Like,
2: yeah, and and he notes that it was actually detrimental to the self determination of Chechnya, because he noted that the Chechen Republic of Ichkeria uh, had achieved sort of de facto independence from Russia um, after after an agreement called the uh, uh Accord, uh, with two thirds of of Russian citizens favoring their ability to to separate and become a breakaway republic, but. Uh, But public opinion, though, changed dramatically after the bombings. So because like these uh, so because most of these Russians, you know, they started wanting, you know, blood and revenge, uh, they strongly supported a war with Chechnya, and um, that would result in sort of the loss of Ixcharya's independence, and then just making uh, Chechnya more firmly a part of the Russian Republic. Yeah. Um, So he 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 said this supports his theory that terrorist organizations have always been counterproductive for the perpetrators, and therefore gave rise to conspiracy theories about alternative perpetrators who actually benefited from the events. Because cause when someone undertakes something like this, your immediate thought is that someone has to benefit from this. Yeah, that's but true. in this reality, but yeah, but in reality, he's saying like. Like, no one's benefiting from this because it's a stupid plan that doesn't actually work, and that the people who did it were, like, wrong.
1: I would agree with that.
2: Uh, A political scientist, uh, Robert R. Pope, in his review of uh, David Satter's book, Darkness at Dawn, um, he cited uh, a criticism from a a Kirill uh, Pankatroff who published a a contribution to uh, Johnson's Uh, russia list um so regarding the apartment bombings uh had argued that russian authorities did not need the initial uh the additional justification to wage a war with chechnya uh because there had already been high profile kidnappings by um the the sort of islamists from chechnya um and that the invasion of dagestan by the islamists had sort of already given enough reason to invade chechnya to bring order back yeah but they're missing
0: the forest for the tree or they're missing the trees for the forest I guess in this case that like it's not Russia needing justification to wage war in Chechnya it's Putin trying to
2: justify being a strong man to get elected well he's, well, he's already popular for that becomes because he's not a drunken idiot like like the way he's, he's handling things competently so he's already popular he's, yeah, he's I mean, already like, he's at the front
0: really trying to drive that like popularity just through the roof he's just trying to put it over the top I don't think um, it's Russia as a as a as a whole. I guess you could say it, trying to justify a war. Like that's it's you're reading too much into it. It's simpler.
2: And and the, his whole thing too of why the FSB could uh, isn't responsible for the bombings uh, because he he sort of he sort of thinks that it wouldn't be possible for the operation to remain a secret considering how many people would be involved to execute it. Because we know, because look at like uh, Russian operations in like Ukraine, like we know that even from just like amateur people, we know that there are Russian, like actual Russian uniformed military personnel fighting in, in Ukraine who are not supposed to be there and, and claimed are not there. We know that they're sending assassins into Ukraine to, to execute certain individuals um, that are involved in the conflict or militia groups. Also, and that the Ukraine sect just sucks. And the Russians are doing, or the Ukrainians are doing the same um, into Russia. So it's, it seems highly unlikely that an operations of this scale could be carried out without someone like admitting, like, like sort of like it leaking out, especially considering the fact that they killed like 300 Russian people. Yeah. Um, A political scientist, Brian Taylor, believes um, that there's too little evidence to decide which version of events is correct, but he says, because um, he says the available evidence is, is fragmentary and controversial. Um, so he doubts, but he doubts um, several reasons why the conspiracy version is unlikely, and he says the first one is that the bombings didn't propel Putin to power itself, um, that, um, that it was evidence that, um, that he was already going to do that prior, um, by essentially Yeltsin giving him the keys in order to get diplomatic immunity, or, or not diplomatic immunity, um, prosecution uh, immunity. Okay. Um, so, he's, he's, he says as well, um, as I said previously, that there was already um, a belly belli uh, for the attacks, that they already had enough that they could invade Chechnya.
1: I don't know what I mean for dinner tonight, but I'm going to have a casus belly, too.
2: A fine casus <laughs> belli.
1: <laughs> I know what it means,
2: and he says he says that in order to justify a new war, they would have need like one to two bombings in Moscow, like. And I would argue too that they probably didn't need to kill like three hundred people. They could have just you know set off some car bombs and said like, oh no, it's as it's just darn darn It's at it again.
1: What does mixed drinks have to do with this? You you're you listen. You're tiptoeing dangerously
0: close to Putin apologizing there, there, Steve. <laughs> I need well, he's just line, trying
1: to man. look at it from a rational standpoint. <laughs> I need you to come back from that line, man.
2: But he he says that uh, because... And they also say, too, that because... They, they did five bombings. The more bombings they would do, it would cause a greater risk to expose the conspiracy.
0: All I'm saying is this episode is named Plotin' Putin one way or another. So either we can come to the determination that this was all 100% Putin. No,
1: I'm not doing that. I'm not naming an episode <laughs> something that sounds like something Trump, w- Trump would say. You know, Plotin' Putin. <laughs>
2: Because he, he says as well, uh, for his fourth point, that he believes that the plot, because it would involve so many people, you wouldn't be able to keep it a secret. That's um, my
0: justification it, for the 9-11 was a conspiracy thing. If everybody was in on it, nobody could keep it quiet.
2: And, and he says too, as well, that he says it's also plausible that the FSB had simulated the attack in Ryazan in order to claim uh, credit for uncovering it due to their inability to prevent the other bombings. Um, but because of people being more vigilant, it was foiled by uh, uh, by local uh, local people, you know, the people who lived in the building, as opposed to law enforcement personnel.
0: Foiled as in, like, they recognized the people?
2: No, foiled Apple as in, police? they they found the bomb first. Like, like, it was their chance to be a hero. Like, we're going to say, like, oh, we got a call, there was a bomb here, we're going to... Gonna defuse this bomb. It's like we got it people, we got the bomb. We did it.
0: I mean they could still, I guess, you know, soup in and play like they're Captain Savajo and just tell the local guys, hey no, we got this, we'll take care of this.
2: Well they they did but but the other people got there first to defuse it. Uh, because they called the local police as opposed yeah. to the FSB. Right, right. Um, so uh the uh the mayor of Moscow at the time of Dude, the bombing I, uh, I just
1: did the whole like Captain Savajo rap, but I was muted.
2: ugh <laughs>
1: Man. It's probably good, probably,
0: probably good for me. I'm going to
1: uh, interrupt the 40s uh, empire. Fair. He's tight. Uh, you're,
2: <laughs> uh, Yuri Lujov, uh, uh, he notes uh, that at the time of the bombings, um, he believes that it was because of a new piece of legislation that, that had established what was called the freedom of movement within the country, uh, which had been restricted prior to 1993. That's a novel concept. Uh, um, so according to the law that was passed, um, it would have been very possible for Chechen terrorists to bring weapons to Moscow and store them there, as well as purchase auto vehicles and provide housing for tens of, uh, uh, tens of other terrorists who had arrived in Moscow. Huh. Um, so, so because they can now freely move within the former Soviet Union, it makes it very easy, you know, like just the same as crossing the state lines in the United States. Right. And, which is like today in Russia. Like, if you're driving by a car, you know, if you were in the, in the Soviet Union times, you know, you would have to stop and you would have to, like, talk to authorities and stuff. There were checkpoints. There were special administrative regions. There were cities that people weren't allowed to go to, like secret cities. Um, really? Yeah, there were cities that worked in, def- in the defense industries, like nuclear weapons yeah, and, and thing. other things.
0: What?
1: There are cities in the United States that you can't go to. Like, they're not even on the map. But I'm not there. talking
0: about sundown towns.
1: No, you motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But By the way, I had never heard of those before until I moved to Florida, and I was fucking shocked. It's terrifying. Shit was going on in the '80s, in the fucking '80s. Yeah, it's still
2: going on. What well, there, there's mean? still, there's still communities uh, like sort of like uh, HOAs or whatever, like neighborhoods that still have covenants that don't allow for Jews or Black people to move in.
0: There's absolutely still sundown towns. They're just more like Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas than it is Florida. Although...
2: It's an informal... Bad, you know?
1: But they're not legal. They're just, they're like operating illegally, right? No, it was never legal
0: in the first place until it
1: was legal. Well, before it
2: before was since... Yeah, before desegregation, it was legal, but...
0: But after that, they've been operating like this.
2: Gee. We'll call it... Well, um, like... Because, like, during the during the Civil War, like, the entire state of Illinois was a, uh, a sundown state. Good uh, lord. Um, so, uh, according to him, you know, that these, these terrorists could freely move in, and that, uh, quote-unquote, for three months after arriving in Moscow, a terrorist could live wherever he wanted and stay with anyone without notifying the police, which allowed the criminals to adequately prepare for the bombings.
0: Wait. So, at one point, you had to tell the cops if you were moving around or if you were staying with people. Like you had to.
2: Yeah, you had to register where you lived with the local police and like where you were living. Um, a lot of times, if you're a foreigner in Russia, the same is true in China. Like anytime you travel, you have to you have to give your passport to the hotel so they can report it to the local police that you're staying there, um, and you also have to report to the local police where you're living. What? Yeah.
0: Huh. Well, I'm just I'm just trying to mentally prepare for it now when that kind of shit comes over here, I would say nah eh, we got about a decade.
1: No. We got about a decade. What do you think less? Seven years? I think you're hundred percent wrong and it never happens, not in our lifetime.
0: <laughs> Sweet summer child.
1: They've been warning us of that shit for like twenty five or thirty years now, and people have been fearmongering about it, and it will never happen, and I'll explain to you why money uh, the economy will fail you can't you cannot shut down free travel in the United States you cannot do it cannot do it you will destroy the entire country
0: they effectively already did with COVID, though
1: get the fuck out of here that's fucking Republican talking point bullshit dude that's not what I'm
0: saying is like you effectively shut everything down economy didn't collapse
1: yeah, but everybody sits You're talking about doing it from he like means, a totalitarian standpoint. He
2: means the the inability, the inability to like move elsewhere for work.
1: People still worked through covid, which is which is, it, which is what which is what it comes down, down to because you could do uh, remote work. They're not going to shut everything. The main
2: down the main the main reason those systems exist in Russia and China is to prevent the free movement of people, because, like, for instance, in China, it causes serious imbalances, you know, where people from the countryside would come into the cities and vice versa during the planning season and the in the fallow season. So it would cause like services to not be able to to handle people. Um, traditionally in China like for instance the system they have in China is from pre communist times it's what's called the hukou system Mm -hmm. and it exists because for instance like they would have like serious problems because you know farmers would leave the countryside or whatever and go to the city when like the price of rice was down or whatever and it would cause like serious like flooding and things like that because no one's tending like the the hillside farms or whatever so everything gets like washed away and it causes like these big problems Mm -hmm. okay so that's the main reason why it exists it's not it's not as much to like um to control people in the sense of like a security state. It's more to control people in a sense of like, well we need you here because we need you you have to work in this factory or we need you here because you have to work on this farm okay. So, so it's, less, it's less, you know, we don't want you moving around because we don't know what you're going to do. It's more like you need to live in this region because if everybody leaves this region, you know, it's going to be like it's going to be like Detroit. It's just going to fall apart.
0: Yeah, I can absolutely see something like that happening here in the states. I can absolutely see when red states start to fail, there's going to be like laws like you can't fucking leave. No, nope, fuck off. You have to live here. You
1: see, can't. my opinion of the whole thing is that uh, I don't think that states are going to fail. I think that um, that's why the fuck, I, think that, are
0: already failing. I think
1: that's why you have um, the government bailing out banks and shit like that repeatedly and big businesses because they don't ever want to go back into a recession, especially not a depression. So they are yeah, states that are already
0: failing, like like objectively.
1: Most financial analysts, states? like the three I work with, and then the person who gives us advice every year for the last six years, has been warning us that the bottom's going to fall out of everything, like very soon, and it hasn't, and that's because they just keep pouring money into it, and it, I just yeah,
0: but that that's only sustainable for so. Long, that's
1: right. You're absolutely right, but I don't think that it's going to lead to uh, pop like movement control in the United States I don't see where the path is there
0: no, no it may not be that that leads directly to it but at some point there will be something where your civil liberties in the United States are just slowly chipped away I mean you
1: you kind of you mean like saw election it... years like <laughs> I mean you see argue right, you, know, you, you just see took, you took a very specific argument and made it so broad that I could never argue with Nah, but, but I mean like that's the thing. Like, at some see, point you know, the in the United rice. States at some point sometime a thing's gonna, <laughs> gonna happen some kind and of right You for are me. gonna hate the color moth. <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna like it. I'm just saying, at some point. With bad taste. No, I understand I, what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I just yeah, but I don't think no, that. I'm pretty cynical Yeah, I don't, don't
2: think that I don't think that either, but uh not not to uh not not to shout you, right. like don't take this the wrong way. But like, Alex Jones essentially makes the same arguments. like For his, like reasons. in the past, well, also but, but, the it's, local it's local but his whole argument his his whole argument was in the past that the new world order, you know, would would keep people where they were, uh, so they they that they would have to have like special ID cards that would have like all their biometric information on them and stuff like that, so they could keep track of everybody yeah. and you know like control well, the everything. Funny
0: thing is is he's entirely correct, but just not the way that he thinks he is. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody, if you're gonna travel to the country, you have to have a passport, and that passport at least has your photo on it. You know what I'm saying? He like so he's right, but he's
2: just well right. not. Not in that sense. Like, he's not saying, like, to go to another country. He's saying, like, if you go anywhere, like, if you go to the store, you have to have this special ID that you have to present in order to actually be able to, like, buy, use goods and services. Oh, that's dumb. Like, he's saying, like, yeah, that it's, like, a totalitarian, like, system where you have to sign up and be a part of it if you want to get anything. And that's conversely why you need to move out to the country and you need to buy all of his fine products... Like the like the like brain force and you know the bone broth that allow you to survive you know out in the wilderness as our caveman ancestors did. Let
0: me tell you something, brother. Dude. We also got these brand new products. They're called the Jones Pill. I call them his the pills. You take that, two of these things, your pecker will be at full. <laughs> you will be full masting for six to eight
1: hours. You will be full masting for six to eight hours. <laughs> Trust me, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. You can walk right through a door.
2: <laughs> his.
0: They will see your penis come to the door before they see you.
1: Penis will enter the room before you do.
2: His his new current thing is that 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 the um, that the vaccine is part of a, a mass system of of killing off the population because they only want the elites to be around because they're gonna have uh, robots do everything. I hate this and, shit. And, and, this and a, this only a like small group can go to your local fucking
1: uh, CVS and get the vaccine. Yeah, I'm going tomorrow to get my booster.
2: Oh god! So, I I'll need to sign a, up for yeah. mine. I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna try to do mine through the through the university and get my flu shot with it too yeah
1: you should we just got our flu shot like a month ago so we're good to go get the flu. yeah because tearing through florida also because h1n1 the swine flu so please get vaccinated for flu yeah
2: it's it's free,
1: basically you go to costco it's 10 bucks even if you don't Publix have insurance yeah. you Publix will give you a gift card yeah it's ridiculous with
2: with my insurance i have to do it through a doctor so, so. i think
1: what yeah that sucks i think what uh What sucks, too, is that, like, I know what you're saying, Ryan, and you're not saying it from the Alex Jones standpoint. Like, there's a different reason behind it, and I think that's one thing that really bothers me about the country is that, you know, right-wing politics are all about fear. It's all fear-mongering. Just listen to any of it. It's just constant fear-mongering. And then the left-wing politics are literally fear-mongering about potentially being right-wing.
0: Which, I mean, is inarguably a worse thing like it's objectively worse thing
1: i I would i would i I ideologically agree with that yes but not everyone does and then the problem is is that you have this like nothing gets done because of that so we have all these people going around saying you should be worried about this and you know you could see it happening and i think a lot of it is just because there's so much scuttlebutt about it like it's going around from each side and you know, the idea that it's supposed to happen. I mean, I had to listen to that shit for eight years with Obama. I had to listen to everyone telling me that, you know, we were going to get rounded up into fucking FEMA camps and all this other no, shit. Like, and like fucking that. shit like, never those, happens It's because it's never going to.
0: Yeah, those are wild
1: conspiracy
0: theories. But the conspiracy theories of like, you know, your rights are just slowly being taken away and it's happening at such a glacial pace that you don't That's really not a conspiracy. It I would far. say
1: like what Steve said earlier, you could you could probably demonstrably prove that that is true.
0: No, you absolutely can't. But what I'm saying is like It's not a conspiracy the, the FEMA camps.
1: Yeah. Like that shit's a conspiracy. But so like shutting That's down travel and like you could do that in Russia because it's essentially a totalitarian regime there. I mean, fuck the fact that they say they have democratic elections. They do not.
0: They get... see I mean well, okay, never mind. I was gonna go down a path, but I'm just gonna hold that. Um, so are we at the point now where I can hear Steve be apologetic for Putin and say that Putin had nothing to do with it? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think he benefited from it, but I don't think he perpetrated the bombings. So similar. I, mean, to I don't like, think he was there connecting the wires I, himself. Either way, similar. I think, either, similar to I think it. 9/11. I think him organizing this and like having this like five D chess thing to like seamlessly take control of a country is giving him more credit than he deserves.
1: Which should be good with you, Ryan, because you know you said, "Why do they follow this guy?" Right? I mean, I, yeah. I mean, you know. He's
2: definitely I, I kind of see that like that no one him. is that competent. I I, I kind of put this in the same camp
0: as like nine eleven. I feel like maybe the first one caught yeah. him off caught him off guard, but then after that Putin was sly enough to be like, oh well, I can kind of use these to my advantage. Eh, eh. And then like if they knew about them happening, not that they intentionally didn't do anything, but they acted slow enough so that it Cause, happened.
2: Because remember, this is also before nine yeah, eleven.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of like my my like it's it's almost like the three Stooges go to Russia.
1: You know I mean? <laughs> Police academy mission to Moscow. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right,
0: like Ernest goes to Moscow.
1: Is that a real thing?
0: Ernest, Ernest works for the FSB. Is, it, I don't is know.
2: there an Ernest
1: <laughs> goes to Moscow? I don't think so. Dude, we should get really fucking baked and watch
0: the Ernest movies. Mm. Let's do it. Have like a mystery science theater three thousand viewing. You know
1: what I mean, Vern? <laughs>
2: you know what I'm saying, Vern?
1: <laughs> Why did you just make Ernest a tough guy? you know what I'm saying Vern huh (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying they're going to shut down travel between the states
2: Ving Ving Rhames is (laughs) Ernest I hear you
1: I hear you Ernest I'm pretty far from fucking okay I hear
2: hear you Earl (laughs) I love Ving
1: Rhames Every every time I hear his fucking voice I want to go to Arby's so that was a good campaign
0: Speaking of Ving Rames, you also want to know something else. <laughs> Ving, big, Ving is on the Pro force s- stack. <laughs> Ving Rhames is the only black man who's a spokesperson for the J-Pill. You'll be as swole as Ving Rhames. <laughs> uh, and you'll be and harder on- than his forearms, I guarantee you, This is uh,
2: And on that note. That's it? you will see you all. Yeah.
1: I, w- I wanted to keep going.
2: It's a short episode, Steve. Yeah. Sorry, I
1: can go vacuum more and finish the towels.
2: I can go
0: have more of this disgusting Mountain Dew gingerbread and Jameson. You
1: motherfucker. <laughs> I'll tell you, just I'll tell develop you if the you want to talk about people it. who should have their travel ability limited, <laughs> it's anybody who decides to drink that.
2: You have to show your ID so they they don't sell you the uh, the gingerbread Mountain Dew. Oh my God!
0: Are, are you over 16? You can't buy this shit. They, they have like your they have like oh, your picture
2: man. up next to the register. Uh, and they just look at you. Look at you that. Know who here, you know who
1: drinks this? You know who drinks this? Seventeen year olds <laughs> in groups. Which also, again, if
0: you're too old. If you're too old, they just deny you. They're like, "What do you want, metformin? You definitely want you." you. metformin?
1: Oh my God. Man
0: fuck out of here grandpa
1: yeah metformin's that uh that drug that they always tell people who uh who have uh like cognitive deficiencies like adhd and stuff like that that they should be on that and there's like all this research going into it now it's pretty interesting
0: that's like that's like the drug dn what's that d and on that guys
1: what's that what's dn d's nuts oh okay (laughs) Which nuts, though? Like, almonds? Pecans? Later.
2: Later.
0: Later.